evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BVJ's Bedtime Stories. I'm Big Voice Jay, and this is a show where we get you ready for a good night's sleep with public domain short stories just for you. Links to all the stories can be found at the show notes at bedtimewithbvj.com. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a Buy Me a Coffee link on every page and post. Tonight we continue our story, The Adventure of the Dying Detective, by Arthur Conan Doyle. It was with a sinking heart that I re-entered Holmes's bedroom. For all that I knew, the worst might have happened in my absence. To my enormous relief, he had improved greatly in the interval. His appearance was as ghastly as ever, but all trace of delirium had left him and he spoke in a feeble voice, it is true, but with even more than his usual crispness and lucidity. Well, did you see him, Watson? Yes, he is coming. Admirable, Watson, admirable. You are the best of messengers. He wished to return with me. That would never do, Watson. That would obviously be impossible. Did he ask what ailed me? I told him about the Chinese in the East End. Exactly. Well, what? Done all that a good friend could. Don't disappear from the scene. I must wait and hear his opinion, Holmes. Of course you must. But I have reasons to suppose that this opinion would be very much more frank and valuable if he imagines that we are alone. There is just room behind the head of my bed, Watson. My dear Holmes! I fear there is no alternative, Watson. The room does not lend itself to concealment, which is as well, as it is the less likely to arouse suspicion. But just there, Watson, I I fancy that it could be done. Suddenly, he sat up with a rigid intentness upon his haggard face. These are the wheels, Watson. Quick, man, if you love me, and don't... Budge, whatever happens. Whatever happens, do you hear? Don't speak, don't move, just listen with all your ears. Then in an instant, his sudden access of strength departed, and his masterful, purposeful talk droned away into the low, vague murmurings of a semi-delirious man. From the hiding place into which I had been so swiftly hustled, I heard the footfalls upon the stair, with the opening and the closing of the bedroom door. Then, to my surprise... There came a long silence, broken only by the heavy breathings and gaspings of the sick man. I can imagine that our visitor was standing by the bedside and looking down at the sufferer. At last, that strange hush was broken. Holmes, he cried. Holmes, in the assistant tone of one who awakens a sleeper. Can't you hear me, Holmes? There was a rustling as if he had shaken the sick man roughly by the shoulder. "'Is that you, Mr. Smith?' Holmes whispered. "'I hardly dared hope that you would come.' The other laughed. "'I should imagine not,' he said. "'And yet, you see, I am here. "'Coals of fire, Holmes, coals of fire!' "'It is very good of you, very noble of you. "'I appreciate your special knowledge.' Our visitor chuckled. "'You do?' You are, fortunately, the only man in London who does. Do you know what is the matter with you? The same, said Holmes. 
Ah, you recognize the symptom? Only too well. Well, I shouldn't be surprised, Holmes. I shouldn't be surprised if it were the same. A bad lookout for you if it is. Poor Victor was a dead man on the fourth day. A strong, hardy young fellow. It was certainly, as you said, very surprising that he should have contracted an out-of-the-way Asiatic disease in the heart of London. A disease, too, of which I have made such a very special study. Singular coincidence, Holmes. Very smart of you to notice it, but rather uncharitable to suggest that it was cause and effect. I knew that you did it. Oh, you did, did you? Well, you couldn't prove it anyhow. But what do you think of yourself spreading reports about me like that and then crawling to me for help the moment you're in trouble? What sort of a game is that, eh? I heard the rasping, labored breathing of the sick man. Give me the water, he gasped. You're precious near your end, my friend. But I don't want you to go till I've had a word with you. That's why I give you water. There, don't slop it about. That's right. Can you understand what I say? Holmes groaned. Do what you can for me. Let bygones be bygones, he whispered. I'll put the words out of my head, I swear I will. Only cure me and I'll forget it. Forget what? Well, about Victor Savage's death. Just as good as admitted just now that you had done it. I'll forget it. You can forget it or remember it just as you like. I don't see you in the witness box. Quite another shaped box, my good Holmes, I assure you. It matters nothing to me that you should know how my nephew died. It's not him we're talking about. It's you. Yes. The fellow who came for me, I've forgotten his name, said that you contracted it down in the East End among the sailors. I could only account for it so. You are proud of your brains, Holmes, are you not? Think yourself smart, do you? You came across someone who was smarter this time. Now cast your mind back, Holmes. Can you think of no other way you could have got this thing? I can't think. My mind is gone. For heaven's sake, help me. Yes, I will help you. I'll help you to understand just where you are and how you got there. I'd like you to know before you die. Give me something to ease my pain. Painful, is it? Yes, the coolies used to do some squealing towards the end. Takes you as cramp, I fancy. Yes, yes, it is cramp. Well, you can hear what I say, anyhow. Listen now. Can you remember any unusual incident in your life just about the time your symptoms began? No. No. Nothing. Think again. I'm too ill to think. Well then, I'll help you. Did anything come by post? By post? A bot, by chance? I'm fainting. I'm gone. Listen, Holmes! There was a sound as if he was shaking the dying man, and it was all that I could do to hold myself quiet in my hiding place. You must hear me. You shall hear me. Do you remember a box? An ivory box? It came on Wednesday. You opened it. Do you remember? 
Yes, yes, I opened it. There was a sharp spring inside it. Some joke. It was no joke, as you will find to your cost, you fool. You would have it, and you have got it. Who asked you to cross my path? If you had left me alone, I would not have hurt you. I remember, Holmes gasped. Bring. It drew blood. This box. This on the table. The very one by George. And it may as well leave the room in my pocket. There goes your last shred of evidence. But you have the truth now, Holmes. And you can die with the knowledge that I killed you. You knew too much of the fate of Vector Savage. So I have sent you to share it. You are very near your end, Holmes. I will sit here and I will watch you die. Holmes' voice had sunk to an almost inaudible whisper. What's that? said Smith. Turn up the gas? Ah, the shadows begin to fall, do they? Yes, I will turn it up, that I may see you the better. He crossed the room and the light suddenly brightened. Is there any other little service I can do you, my friend? A mat. Cigarette. I nearly called out in my joy and my amazement. He was speaking in his natural voice, a little weak perhaps, but the very voice I knew. There was a long pause, and I felt that Culverton Smith was standing in silent amazement looking down at his companion. What's the meaning of this? I heard him say at last in a dry, rasping tone. The best way of successfully acting a part is to be it, said Holmes. I give you my word that for three days I have tasted neither food nor drink until you were good enough to pour me out that glass of water. But it is the tobacco which I find most irksome. Ah, here are some cigarettes. I heard the striking of a match. It is very much better. Hello, hello, do I hear the step of a friend? There were footfalls outside. The door opened, and Inspector Morton appeared. All is in order, and this is your man, said Holmes. The officer gave the usual cautions. I arrest you on the charge of the murder of one Victor Savage, he concluded. And you might add of the attempted murder of one Sherlock Holmes, remarked my friend with a chuckle. To save an invalid trouble, Inspector, Mr. Culverton Smith was good enough to give our signal by turning up the gas. By the way, the prisoner has a small box in the right-hand pocket of his coat, which it would be as well to remove. Thank you. I would handle it gingerly if I were you. Put it down here. It may play its part in the trial. There was a sudden rush and a scuffle, followed by the clash of iron and a cry of pain. You'll only get yourself hurt, said the inspector. Stand still, will you? There was the click of the closing handcuffs. A nice trap, cried the high, snarling voice. It will bring you into the dock, Holmes, not me. He asked me to come here to cure him. I was sorry for him, and I came. Now he will pretend, no doubt, that I have said anything which he may invent, which will corroborate his insane suspicions. You can lie as you like, Holmes. My word is always as good as yours. Good heavens, cried Holmes. Are you totally forgotten him? My dear Watson, I owe you a thousand apologies. 
to think that I should have overlooked you. I need not introduce you to Mr. Culverton Smith, since I understand that you met somewhat earlier in the evening. The cab below? I will follow you when I am dressed, for I may be of some use at the station. I never needed it more, said Holmes as he refreshed himself with a glass of claret and some biscuits in the intervals of his toilet. However, as you know, my habits are irregular, and such a feat means less to me than to most men. It was very essential that I should impress Mrs. Hudson with the reality of my condition, since she was to convey it to you and you in turn to him. You won't be offended, Watson. You will realize that among your many talents, dissimulation finds no place, and that if you had shared my secret, you would never have been able to impress Smith with the urgent necessity of his presence, which was the vital point of the whole scheme. Knowing his vindictive nature, I was perfectly certain that he would come to look upon his handiwork. But your appearance, Holmes! Your ghastly face! Three days of absolute fast does not improve one's beauty, Watson. For the rest, there is nothing which a sponge may not cure. With Vaseline upon one's forehead, belladonna in one's eyes, rouge over the cheekbones, and crusts of beeswax round one's lips, a very satisfying effect can be produced. Malingering is a subject upon which I have sometimes thought of writing a monograph. A little occasional talk about half-crowns, oysters, or any other extraneous subject produces a pleasing effect of delirium. But why would you not let me near you, since there was, in truth, no infection? Can you ask, my dear Watson, do you imagine that I have no respect for your medical talents? Could I fancy that your astute judgment would pass a dying man who, however weak, had no rise of pulse or temperature? At four yards, I could deceive you. If I failed to do so, who would bring my smith within my grasp? No, Watson, I would not touch that box. You can just see, if you look at it sideways, where the sharp spring like a viper's tooth emerges as you open it. Dare say it was by some such device that poor Savage, who stood between this monster and a reversion, was done to death. My correspondence, however, is, as you know, a varied one, and I am somewhat upon my guard against packages which reach me. It was clear to me, however, that by pretending that he had really succeeded in his design, I might surprise a confession. That pretense I have carried out with the thoroughness of the true artist. Thank you, Watson. You must help me on with my coat. When we have finished at the police station, I think that something nutritious at Simpsons would not be out of place. We're always on the hunt for great stories like these to feature on the show. You can send your suggestions to bigvoicej at gmail.com. We've got a YouTube channel full of stories from the show. Go to tiny.cc slash bedtime. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps to spread the word that we're putting people to sleep every single night. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a Buy Me a Coffee link on every page and post. We have over 300 episodes. Check them all out at bedtimewithbvj.com. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>